You're listening to the Driving Confidence Podcast for drivers who want to be calm and confident on the road. We will be sharing tips, stories and advice to beat driving nerves and anxiety and build your driving confidence. Whether you are just starting out as a learner or have had your driving license for years, if you want to transform how you feel about driving, this podcast is for you. Today's episode is the second part of our interview chatting to Matt Adams about the results of a survey that Marmalade carried out about aggression towards learner and newly qualified drivers on the road. In part one, we talked about how frequently learners experienced abuse and intimidation and the biggest ways that they experienced that, which were tailgating, overtaking and beeping the horn. So, if you haven't already listened, it's worth catching up with that episode. But for today, let's pick back up where we left off. So, <laughs> we've touched on this a little we, bit. We've, we've touched, touched on this, this a little, little bit. bit. But yeah, talking about, you know, people were quite frank about how it's affected them, how these past experiences of receiving abuse and intimidation while driving. There were several options there that people could choose about the way that it's affected them going forward. And there were three areas that came out as a third of drivers who responded to your survey said that after these events, they either became more nervous, they made more mistakes while driving, which is key from an insurance point of view, Absolutely. and also that it heightened their anxiety. So that thing about making more mistakes, let's go with that first. Well, what's important about this survey uh, and the petition that's coming soon, which I can go back to if you like later on, but is it's telling people that you are having these impacts. You're going to make somebody make a mistake. Now, that mistake may be that they put it in gear and it doesn't quite go in, or it could be that they go to put it in first and put it in reverse and reverse into your car. It, it's completely unknowable um, yeah. what these people are going to do. And I can't help but go back to that same thing you can't go through them, you know, just, just wait, being aggressive about things, or if you're going to overtake something, fine, overtake them, but do it in a way that's not going to get you in trouble or them in trouble. Mm. But the madness is, is they think that if they harass somebody, they're going to perform better, which I don't think there's any point in life where that really rings true, is there? Yeah, um, not at yeah. all. No, so it, I don't know why they think put somebody behind the wheel of a what's effectively a two-ton battering ram. Yeah, sure. Why? Why wouldn't they all of a sudden buck the trend? So, in regards to making mistakes, you're right. It, it's going to have effect on the stress. It's going to yeah, it might heighten their awareness, but not in a positive way. And yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm just kind of waiting for what magic you guys can come up for this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm very interested. <laughs> And the truth is, is that the way the brain works is that when you put somebody under stress, stress that they're not used to. So we're not talking about the type of stress that people are trained to deal with. We're talking about unexpected, unwanted stress. Logic flies out the window. It's the first thing that goes. So you're as soon as you put somebody under stress in those sorts of circumstances, they're not going to be able to think logically. And that means they're not going to be able to perform. So what they're going to be left with is emotions, but also they're going to be left with the things that they know how to do automatically without thinking. 
So for experienced drivers like us, we'll be put under stress. But actually, because we've been driving a long time, quite possibly we will just be able to get out of the way and we might feel shaky and emotional, but we've been driving such a long time, it is almost automatic and we can do it. But when you're talking about learner drivers and newly qualified drivers, they haven't got that yet. They haven't got that experience for driving to be automatic. They still need to put their attention, put their concentration in to be able to put all of the elements of driving together properly. So as soon as you put them under stress, that's it. Logic has gone and they're going to be left with whatever they can do automatically and it's going to be clunky they're going to be slower they're going to get more in your way you're going to get more frustrated so it's just the way we're designed it's no one person's fault that's just how we're made yeah i suppose i've got two thoughts here i go with the people that are bibbing first because i also think now what we have on the road is we have two people where their emotions have changed We've got the learner driver who has just been beat up, yeah. who is just going to you go into this, what's happening, their emotions are going all over the place, mistakes happen, whatever it may be. But you've also got this driver that's beeped his horn. He has now gone into different emotional state. And he is also likely to make more mistakes because he's now thinking, get out of my way, beep, beep, beep. Um, oh, I can't wait. So what I'll do is I'll pull out. And when he pulls out, he's not actually looking to see if anything's coming. And then he puts himself in danger. So not only do people have, yes, you've got someone behind beeping, but don't realise how that then affects them. Yeah. And also you've got this learner driver that's now potentially making mistakes, getting more nervous, anxious, and it just really does affect them. I was going to say, I mean, just sort of adding on to that, You've got the learner driver um, who's being beeped at, you've got the aggressive driver who's beeping at him, and then you've got me in the next lane wondering what I've done wrong, and probably a couple of cars behind me and on the other third lane as well. Um, You're not just impacting that learner driver, you're impacting everybody. But the learner driver is the only one who looks in their rearview mirror and says, sees somebody Mm. smacking their wall. So I I just think it it just adds and builds and builds like a snowball. It starts off with one person beeping the horn and just it just gets bigger and involves more people and all of a sudden you've got this big situation so <laughs> how, how do we deal with this from a driving perspective driver training perspective especially for young drivers and it goes back to when they first learned to drive when you've learned to drive when tracy and myself learned to drive and probably on the first lesson you may well have stalled i go fantastic and everyone looks at me and goes, well, I didn't want to stall. <laughs> but that's great because if you find out what's happened, you're less likely to make it happen again because you know how to fix it. Right. So, yeah. if, so if we think about that as a different scenario, so even on the first lesson, you may be in a car park or a really quiet road. And again, if there's any mums and dads listening to this, this is really good for them. But if you're on those situations and a mistake happens, brilliant but also start relating it to where those beeping incidents might happen, junctions, roundabouts, traffic lights, and say, okay, imagine that was that roundabout or traffic light. What would you do now if you stalled? And it's just like, okay, yeah, well, I don't know. Okay, well, let's let's think about this. And then you go through that process. 
I know we've talked earlier about you try not to let it happen, relate back to it, but you can also talk about if things did happen, mm. how would you deal with it? So they're prepared for that situation. Yeah, again, that's a fantastic way of teaching, isn't it? I mean, not to get too funny about it, but think about the military. Um, they teach you how to fire a gun, but you don't actually have to fire a gun until you actually need to fire a gun. And that's a completely different emotional state that you're in. If you were going to war or fighting in a battle, then you would be in a training camp around all of your friends. That's something that they use in those very, very extreme examples. So it's certainly something that would apply to stopping a red light or having some person behind you who uh, isn't able to give you the time of day or the space because their alarm didn't go off yeah, yeah. and using that you can use imagery in so many different ways and so using it to practice things using it to practice difficult situations as well as using it to practice things that go well so yeah I mean setting yourself up in your mind for difficult situations and deciding what your course of action is going to be from really early on so that you're prepared is a it's a great idea I say I've only got a two and a half minute drive home today but I tell you it's going to be a very different drive home (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be in my bubble I'm going to know that I have to go over it might take you three and a half minutes yes (laughs) it might do um yeah. yeah, it might do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'll take my time. Take your time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so one of the things that struck us with this, how people are affected by these events, is one of the keys to confidence is that your past experiences have a massive role to play in how confident you feel. So when you've had experiences that have all been positive and have gone well, you tend to feel really confident. If you have these negative experiences, it knocks your confidence. And the thing is, is that we're like, from a mindfulness training, this is something we talk about a lot, that our brains are like Velcro for the bad stuff that happens. And they're like Teflon in, you know, your old Teflon frying pans. They're like Teflon for the good stuff that happens. So the good stuff happens and then it slides away as quick as you like and you forget about it. But these little bad things that happen stick and they stick and hang around for a really long time. And that came up when a quarter of the people who responded to the survey said that they were now scared to drive in particular places and avoided certain areas and places because of things that have happened to them. And so that's a really obvious example of how a negative past experience knocks your confidence. So Mm. we had those main culprits. It came out that the age group was between, there was two, people in their 30s, people in their 40s were the the two highest males, mostly cars. I I think this is the point where I hit my head. Um, I hit my face. Um, Yeah, so middle-aged male in a BMW. If there was a wanted poster, I'd be on it. I mean, the I, I guess the... The thing with it is, is there's so they said cars. I've seen another one which sort of specifies as a comment in the uh, back end of the um, survey that specifies BMWs. It's concerning that the people who have the most experience are the ones who are least likely to give people time, in my opinion. And it's it's embarrassing to be quite honest with you, which is probably why I do what I do when I'm in a car to make sure that 
I'm not falling into that category. I'm probably over careful and I'm 100% okay with that. So yeah, I think that's probably all I can really say about it. It's embarrassing. Um, not for myself, but for them. I was going to yeah. say, don't take it. Don't don't take the responsibility on <laughs> no, for everyone, no. Matt. It's no, not no, your it's not me. <laughs> Yeah, but it's just the time. If, if I can manage it, I'm a busy man. I've got things to do. But they're learning to drive. And the learner today who's actually got the chance to learn is going to be a good driver tomorrow. Yeah. Or, well, at the moment, the test, maybe not tomorrow, but you know, they will be a good driver. Eventually, one day. Yeah, at some point, no. But, yeah. That's how I feel about it. So mm. we had those main culprits and then it, the survey went on to talk about P plates and whether people have P plates and reasons for having them, reasons for not having them. And we noticed there were lots of very mixed opinions in there about that. So that's maybe one to leave out for everybody to make their own decisions about there. But I think yeah. what you talked about, you mentioned a couple of things about the culprits and maybe fitting in that category. But one of the things we noticed was that the age group of 50 to 59, the percentage dropped there. And then when we looked at the comments in the surveys, there were quite few parents saying, I'm now more patient. So, And I think actually out of the parents you surveyed, 60% of the parents who you surveyed said that they've suddenly become more patient since their teenagers have started to learn to drive so there is a thing about it is possible to make a choice and if your awareness is raised and when suddenly you think in terms of this is somebody that I know and love then you sort of change your tune a little bit so it is possible for people to change their attitudes isn't it with a little bit of awareness yeah 100% I I think there's a comment on there that says about this sort of behavior on the road has almost become the social norm and people think if it's the social norm they can get away with it but if it was the social norm for me to come around and kick you in the shin every morning you wouldn't be too okay with that would you so it's about it's not about what's the social norm it's about what's acceptable and it's acceptable if it's happening to somebody else but the moment it happens to your child it becomes very very real yeah and i think anybody who's got children whether their driving age or not or everybody who, who can remember when they were young learning to drive themselves which is pretty much everybody in those two categories yes. should take the time to do so um and just remember that you know not everybody's amazing at everything immediately in fact nobody is yeah no uh, yeah. Definitely not. And that came up a lot in the comments, didn't it? The be patient to learners, you were a learner once as well. Remember what it was like. Yeah, absolutely on point. Yeah. And there was loads of comments or should I say positive comments about marmalade as well. There are there was a fair few. Yeah, we were quite <laughs> happy to read those, not gonna lie. Yeah. For us, they they're just amazing because it wasn't about us the survey was never supposed to be about us and when people come back and say oh you know marmalade did me really well on this and we haven't specifically gone out and done a survey around us that's yeah i mean what more can you ask for as a big bad insurance company um in quotes yeah sorry <laughs> can't hear the air quotes that i'm doing can you so it's yeah it's a wonderful thing yeah and it was as people who were completely neutral we looked at the results and it's like Wow, there are, you know, there was a definite theme in there about people being really happy with the service that they had from Marmalade. So that's great. Well done. Thank you. Well, so thank you on behalf of our call centre guys, yeah. of which I was one at one point. So I'll take a little bit of it. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned after doing this survey that mm-hmm. there's the petition. 
Yeah. So basically the guys, we, we started up something on a bit of a smaller scale previously. The idea is to put forward a petition where we can look to impose penalties to people who drive aggressively around learner drivers. And what we're looking to do is get this petition 100,000 signed signatures so that it can be discussed in Parliament. They're looking to put things like six points and up to a £200 plus fine if somebody is deemed to be driving aggressively around learner drivers, which, to be honest with you, I, th I think is, you know, it it's fair. Well, I don't even know if that's fair, to be honest with you. I don't know if we're going far enough. But it's, I mean, because at the end of the day, driving dangerously around experienced drivers, there's a chance they can use their experience to evade a situation where they may be involved in that. A inexperienced driver may do that, but there's a lower chance, Yeah. generally speaking, because of everything we've spoken about so far. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is something that we want to get out to driving instructors, young drivers, parents, anybody who feels like enough is enough and wants to put their name to it. And we intend to take it as far as it needs to be taken to do this. Uh, another side of things is, albeit it is a marmalade movement, um, and we're involved in things like the Marmalade Network and Marmalade Insurance, we're not publicizing that it's marmalade. So it's not being done as a, hey, marmalade want to do this. It's being done without any marmalade logos, without any marmalade website addresses. It's being done because it's what needs to be done. Yeah, Not because brilliant. it's something that we can use as um, a sales method or anything of that nature. Okay, lovely. And we'll make sure, so for anybody who does want to sign that petition, we'll make sure that we have the links in the show notes. And then that way, if you want to get involved, if you want to sign the petition, obviously you can probably, I'm guessing people can find it on the Marmalade website, Matt. Yeah, but, they, they can, yeah. Yeah, but also we'll make sure that we've got that link in our show notes as well. So you can just head over to the show notes and get involved fantastic okay lovely matt we like to ask all of our guests a question <laughs> the same <Yes>. question so, <laughs> i want you to cast your mind back and we and you have told us a couple of driving stories already but i'd like you to cast your mind back to when you were learning to drive and was there anything that you found challenging uh when i learned to drive well that's some time ago uh, I mean, there's that one time I almost hit a T-Rex. Um, <laughs> no, um, but the Dunkers uh, saved you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Uh, something I found challenging. The, the yeah, no, that comes. It's all coming screaming back. The one thing that I found the most challenging was uh, parallel park, and I got so lucky with my driving instructor. My driving instructor, his name man, man named Glyn, who worked for Roadrunner Driving Instructors back in the day and such a lovely chap. And I'd go through my session and, you know, because I book two hour sessions all the time, two hour sessions, I get, I passed in a month from when I started driving to when I finished wow. because I just chucked so many sessions at it. And um, we'd go through and we'd get, I was like, we're not going to do parallel parts today. We're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. 10 minutes left. So let's do a parallel park. And we just did it over and over again. I just, I couldn't get the angles right. I'd always clip the curb and um, yeah, it was just horrific for me. And it was just the one that always sort of caught me out. I could do the reverse round corner and the other bits by parking I was fine with, but the parallel park always got me. And I was so conscious of clipping the car next to me that I was going by, especially if it was on the left as opposed to the right. But he soldiered through with me, to be fair, and he always he did it like most lessons he would do it. And 
oddly enough, in my test, of course, yeah. what comes up, parallel park. Of so course. I turned down, yeah, I turned down this road over sort of Neverton Way and um, I, I pull up and he's like, right. And he's like, I want you to do a parallel park there. And I was like, right, I've done this enough times. I've got this. And um, as I sort of thought that, I look forward, a bus turns around the corner and then a car comes up behind me. And I was like, oh, God, no. Um, <laughs> so I quickly just did it because I was like, I'm in the way. I need to get out of the way popped it in and um i don't know if this is still a thing but whenever an examiner asked you i was always told that if they ask you are you happy with that you're supposed to say no so you can do it again and um so i popped it in and uh i go you go examiner goes sure enough are you happy with that and i was like no and he was like well you should be <laughs> I was like vindicated like over all these times where and it just happened that it was in the worst possible scenario and because my driving instructor sort of took me through it so many times even though I hated it um in the end it turned out to be the best thing oh, um, it got me past my past my driving test first time which was I don't know if it was just because I talked the guy's ear off or uh, anyone to get rid of me and didn't want to see me again. <laughs> genuinely did all right. Um, but that, that was the crowning moment of my learning to drive. So very proud. Yeah. Fantastic. Brilliant. So what would your advice be to somebody who's struggling with parallel parking now? Yeah. Practice is key. Um, listen to your driving instructor, definitely. I mean, I still look at things now. Like I'm driving down Crown Street, which is a road where they've got cars on both sides and I'm going right smaller the gap, slower the speed. Um, you know, <laughs> and that's something that he taught me 20 years ago. And um, practice makes permanent. You yeah. know, that's another thing that I'm right. Well, I'm not going to just do this this time because if I just do it next time, then I'll just always do it. And then uh, I need to make sure that I'm doing correct. Parallel parking, yeah, watch your angles, listen to your driving instructor and learn your craft. It takes time. Yeah. Brilliant advice. Yeah, couldn't agree more. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm well happy with that because you guys, you know, when you're doing well, you're driving instructor. I'm, I'm pleased to punch now. <laughs> right. So, like we've mentioned marmalade throughout, but before we finish up, what can marmalade offer to our listeners and how do they find out more? How do they find out about marmalade services? Yeah. I mean, so to, to find out about us, all you need to do is go our website like i say we're, we're out for young drivers so and we we do understand that young drivers may never have done this before the insurance world is a minefield and we're a metal detector so it's essentially what we're looking to do is introduce young drivers to insurance they can do that for a number of different products dependent on what their situation is so we have um, insurance for you if you drive your own car if you're driving a parent's or a friend's car if you're learning if you've passed um if you're learning and then you pass we do policies with black boxes without black boxes and really and truly it's not about going and finding a policy that's the cheapest it's about going and finding the policy that fits you best and um, if that just so happens to be the cheapest perfect but we're not we're not a sales company we don't just try and fit you into a policy if we don't think that we're right for you we'll tell you but one of the good things and one of the reasons i like working at marmalade is because our ethics are on point um because we know we're dealing with vulnerable customers and we act like it we have a black box like i say it's probably the least scary black box i've ever seen um it's it's made for young drivers it's there to say if you've you know maybe done a hard turn it's going to tell you everything about that turn down to the gravitational 
force you were putting out to help you and not be in that situation again. It's there, you know, within an hour of when you finish that journey so you can recollect what you did and amend it. Uh, we have some driving instructors who use our black box to help their drivers, you know, go, right, this is what you've done on this journey whilst I was with you in the car. This is what it's come back with. And this is what I've told you to do. Can you see why I'm telling you to do it? Um, so, yeah, that's say uh, another thing that we sort of do. But um, in regards to the insurance itself, from a, an insurance man's point of view, it's all comprehensive insurance. So your car is always looked after or your friend's car or your parent's car, whatever the case may be. If you were to have an accident, it doesn't affect their policy. So they don't lose their no claims bonus. They don't have a claim against them. It's purely on on your policy and uh yeah like i say we offer no claims bonus for yearly policies on somebody else's car and i don't know if there's another insurer that does that uh, and i'm being genuine i don't know yeah. if there is another one i've never found them, but that doesn't mean they're not out there mm. yeah I hope, I hope that sort of answers your question yeah and i, <laughs> I love wanna... the, the geeky stuff so it's car insurance for geeks as well if you like the geeky information stuff that sounds fun we have never claimed to be the cool guys of insurance. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. <laughs> no, we, yeah, you've got your app in there, which again, it, it's built around young drivers. So it's all on your phone. Uh, obviously, guys don't use your phone when you're driving. Yeah. I was going to say you'd have to answer to me. You'd have to answer to the police and they're way worse than I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, but it's all, all the information there for you to review when you need to review it. It's still clear in your head. And the whole idea is safe, fair, or simpler. That's what we're all about. Fantastic. Brilliant. Lovely. Thank you so much, Matt, for giving up your evening to chat to us. So it's been really good. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been fantastic. So thank you very much for that. Yeah, I've had a great time. I've learned loads tonight. So um, <laughs> <laughs> it's been brilliant. I mean, I've been driving 20 years, so I, I don't even think the guys listening to them. Um, but no, it's, it's been really fun. I've enjoyed it. Brilliant. And if Marmalade do any other surveys that we can talk about that might hit the bill in terms of nerves, anxiety, confidence, will you come back? Oh, it would be an absolute pleasure. We enjoyed chatting to Matt and think that the results of the survey were really interesting. And we could have talked about them for ages, couldn't we, Kev? Yeah, we certainly could. And it was interesting to hear the results and what's come back. And while we've split them into two episodes, what were your main takeaway points overall? So my main takeaway points, I've got two really. The first one is when you're driving, drive in space or drive in a bubble. So you, you always have time to react or can control the people behind you. You don't have to be forced to do something because you don't want to. And how emotions in driving play a key part. And if we can control our emotions that drive itself becomes easier, more relaxed and probably more enjoyable as well. Yeah, so your last point there is quite similar to one of mine, actually, which was that you can't control other people's behaviour, but you can control your actions, your thoughts and your behaviour. And I think for me, while we were chatting to Matt, it was obvious that there can be differences in interpretations, for example. So when I was saying that if somebody overtakes me, I'm usually quite relieved to get rid of them. And Matt said that was something that he hadn't thought about. So clearly, there's a bit there about interpretation. How do you interpret somebody overtaking you? How do you interpret somebody beeping you? 
and perhaps change that interpretation and think about it in a slightly different way. And that will help you with your emotions. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, we can't control everybody, but we can control how we react to the situation. And I think that's the key point there. Yeah, lovely. Um, The other thing that really stood out for me, obviously confidence is what we talk about all the time and the results of this survey the fact that people's past experiences when they're negative in this way so their past experiences of abuse and intimidation on the road has led to some changes in in their own driving patterns so where they drive and when they drive and even for some people whether they drive again at all this is one of the things we talk about that good positive experiences of success build your driving confidence and this is the spin side of that which is that when you have negative past experiences they can reduce your driving confidence and so you have to work quite hard to balance that out to maintain your confidence yes 100 percent, you do don't you and it's it's if you're thinking of the negative all the time you're going to be negative but if you remember all the good things that you've done you're likely to think more positive yeah Definitely trying to not dwell too much on the negative and make a real effort to remember the things that went well to help balance that out. We hope you enjoyed that episode as much as we enjoyed creating it. Thanks again to Matt for giving up his time and coming and talking to us. Hopefully some of the suggestions that we made over the two episodes have been helpful for you. We'd love to hear from you if they have. Please let us know if they've helped you and how they've helped you. All of our details are in the show notes as always if you'd like to get in touch. And if you would like some help with your driving confidence, why not take a look at the website and the free tools that we've got available to see if there's something there that might help you. And have a great day, whatever you're doing. Thank you for listening to the Driving Confidence Podcast. If you would like to access any of our free tools, go to confidentdrivers.co.uk forward slash free tools and begin to transform how you feel about driving.